Howdy, folks, and welcome to A Green Way Forward. I'm your co-host, David Cobb, joined by co-host Michael O'Neill in Syracuse, New York. Howdy, Michael. Howdy, David. You know, I got to tell you, first of all, it was fun to make a New Yorker uh, say howdy. And secondly, I am really excited about this show because this is the show where we bring Gloria Matera, co-chair of the Green Party of the United States, into a conversation. We've got lots to talk about. So let's bring Gloria right in. Gloria Matera, welcome to A Green Way Forward. Hi, David. Hi, Michael. Great to be here. So, Gloria, you know, we want to jump right in to the voting justice victory that happened in Wisconsin. I know the National Green Party has been putting that out. We've talked about a little bit on the show, but I want to make sure that we really underscore that. And I'll ask Michael O'Neill to drop the voting justice uh, press release into the comments section uh, and give you a chance, Gloria, to talk about the Green Party's commitment to election integrity. Thank you, David. Another exciting win, thanks to the uh, Stein-Baraka campaign uh, and the fact that as a party, we have been lifting up uh, election integrity for a very long time. And so um, I just want to remind people, uh, it's not only about a recount for a particular election, uh, but this the recount that was done by the Stein-Baraka campaign, uh, it has led to uh, lawsuits and uncovering the kind of unjust uh, dysfunctional voting systems, unfair voting practices. Uh, we I think we talked a little bit about Pennsylvania before, and now we have Wisconsin, where the Stein-Baraka campaign is uh, going forward to uh, examine voting machines. And, well, what a surprise. The uh, voting machine uh, corporations, uh, the makers of those machines, tried to put a gag order on whatever may come out of those re- Results. And so to me, if you're putting a gag order on something, you've got something to hide. Well, you know, Gloria, for me, the thing that really just galls me is the fact that we have corporations that are actually involved in counting votes in the first place. And then to add insult to injury, uh, you have these vendors, these corporations claiming that their constitutional rights to proprietary information on counting public votes supersedes the public interest. I mean, it sort of it it puts me to mind the great political philosopher Lily Tomlin, who said, no matter how cynical I get, it's hard to keep up with these bastards. (laughs) Well said, David. I'm really true. And, you know, I think that what's coming out of Wisconsin, uh, you know, we're hoping that the impact Uh, is going to really make a difference. You know, people are talking a lot more about election integrity. And I like to say that term. I know you do, too, because there's a lot involved there. It's not just about uh, counting the votes and making sure every vote counts, but it goes from disenfranchisement uh, in frontline communities, uh, you know, the the court, as you said, the corporations uh, being involved in what is our, you know, civic right in voting. Uh, and so I really think that this was a great victory, um, not just for the Stein-Baraka campaign, the Green Party, but a victory for voters. You know, it reminds me of uh, if you're an individual in this country, you're told that, well, if you're if you're doing nothing wrong, then you have nothing to hide. And we're supposed to submit ourselves to this constant surveillance and constant infringement of our rights, whereas the uh, corporations that are profiting uh, hand over fist on a vital piece of infrastructure, they're claiming that uh, that their privacy is is just sacrosanct and that we can't uh, 
have any sense of oversight or they, they can't have any kind of responsibility when they are providing this vital uh, service for our democracy. You know, Michael, it, it is another example, isn't it, that the, the rules of how they expect ordinary people to function in this society just do not apply to the rich and powerful. Uh, I do want to segue us in, though, to and thank you for the kind words, uh, Gloria Matera, the voting justice victory that the Stein campaign uh, uh, secured is uh, something that I think is I, I'm very excited about and to see what happens next. I'm also very excited to do a quick little recap and a continuation of our conversation on the Green New Deal. Last week, Michael and I made the observation that there's really three versions of the Green New Deal. There's the Green Party's Green New Deal, which we decided to just call the real Green New Deal. Then you have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or the Progressive Democrats Green New Deal, which... uh, Definitely has some good stuff on the climate uh, mitigation issue, but strips uh, the critique and the call to dismantle the military industrial complex and imperialism or socialism uh, and the control of the economy. And then you have the third version, which is basically the neoliberal Democrats version, the one that Nancy Pelosi is actually going to allow committees to be heard. And Michael O'Neill had a great quip about that third one. The, the corporate neoliberal Green New Deal, Michael, is? It's neither green nor new nor a deal. <laughs> Which uh, I totally love. And I got to say, Gloria, if Michael wasn't on the show, I would totally own that line as if it was my own because it's so clever. But since he's with us, I felt like I couldn't do it. But I do want to ask you, Gloria, what are your thoughts as you see the language of Green New Deal being used and what that means? Positive, negative, negative. How should Greens be reacting to that? Right. Well, well, first I want to say, uh, David and Michael, I thought the show that you did on the Green New Deal was excellent and I've been passing that around uh, to Greens and non-Greens because I, I think it really covered a lot of the bases and really showed some of the distinctions. Um, you know, it's a mixed bag, David. Uh, there's always that initial feeling, and I know Greens out there, uh, you know, are having it when you hear the Green New Deal come out of uh, – Andrew Cuomo's mouth or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or the news people. Um, there's this little cringe and that little feeling of like, but that belongs to me. Um, and I understand that because I had that feeling too. But I think this opportunity to be able to show the distinctions, um, what the real Green New Deal of the Green Party is compared to, we're, we're going to put the, corp- the corporate Democrats aside, although it's very important to talk about that. But, you know, in terms of first to talk about, there are some similarities uh, in what the progressive Democrats are doing. But that's always been a great starting point for us. It's been a starting point to say, yeah, here's a good thing. Um, here's the, this is a good idea, but really, this doesn't go far enough. There's so much more in the Green Party, Green New Deal. Uh, you you spoke about you know cutting the military, but dealing with that as an issue, uh, you know, and as a party, you know, challenging capital. Uh, and which, of course, then involves systemic racism um, and all the democracy, the participatory grassroots democracy 
that's in the real Green New Deal from the Green Party is, I think, what distinguishes it. Thank you so much, Gloria. And I will say that Arthur already called in to ask, has anyone from the Green Party of the United States addressed the Democrats' theft of the Green New Deal? So I want to thank you, Arthur, for dropping that into the comments. And it gives me an opportunity to remind viewers who are watching us live on Facebook, uh, please share this on your own page and any page that you manage. If you'd like to get into the conversation, ask a question or make a comment to Green Party of the United States co-chair Gloria Matera, please feel free to do so. And for everyone, whether you're listening on the podcast uh, or watching on Facebook, please go to the website, agreenwayforward.org and sign up so that we can continue to let you know of upcoming shows, premiums that we are beginning to develop, et cetera. Uh, and again, I want to encourage folks, please do write in with any questions or comments. Uh, 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 Michael, I'm wondering, is there anything before we move away from the Green New Deal? Because I know that you managing uh, Howie Hawkins' uh, a gubernatorial campaign uh, and your involvement with it, you know, you've got a particular insight. Is there anything that you'd like to share uh, on the, the Green New Deal? Like Gloria, when the Green New Deal all of a sudden starts being talked about by Democrats and then people treat it like this brand new thing, I felt that that cringe as well. I felt that kind of burn. But once you push past the gaslighting from the duopoly political system and the corporate media... I feel in my heart that commitment to double down because now this is another example of how what we're doing works, what the Green Party is doing works. We ran on a Green New Deal uh, in New York State and nationwide from 2010 on, and we have pushed that issue. Now, our aim was not to just push it into mainstream politics. Right. Our aim is to get a Green New Deal passed and a radical eco-socialist Green New Deal passed. But to the extent that uh, more mainstream progressive politicians are adopting it, that is a sign that we have had an impact. And this is absolutely the time to recommit and double down on building the Green Party and building an eco-socialist movement. So very well said. And uh, since we've talked about eco-socialism, all three of us have have mentioned that phrase. Uh, I'm going to ask you, Gloria, uh, two things. Number one, what sh- how do you describe what you mean when you say that you're an eco-socialist or what does eco-socialism mean to you? And then the follow-up is to invite you and Michael to, to, to share your thoughts about how we can best promote and deepen the concept of eco-socialism within the Green Party. So Great. question one, what is eco-socialism to you? Okay. And I also want to apologize. Deep in the heart of the People's Republic of Brooklyn, we seem to be having some unstable internet. So I'm hoping, um, I'm missing a couple of things that you and Michael are saying. I'm hoping this is coming through. But, you know, as, as an eco-socialist, and so, you know, going back a few decades, I would always say I was a socialist. But I think... You know, as I've developed and and read and learned from from many others and those before me and really started to embrace and learn about the Green Party from the beginnings of Petra Kelly and, and then beyond is really seeing that what is happening to the people um, 
under capitalism is the same thing that's happening to the resources on the earth. And so therefore, you know, capitalism is both using um, human resources and the natural resources for profit and for greed. And so I think it's really important to be able to say we are eco-socialists. And, you know, I want to put a little tagline in there to my green brothers and sisters uh, listening and that that is not a term that divides us. That is a term that I think unifies us. And I think we'll probably talk a little bit more at some point about how that can happen and what that really means, because it is a principle that I know in the hearts uh, and, and the souls of people who are in the Green Party and even, you know, others, others outside the Green Party, considering so many eco-socialists, that there's a commonality there in the struggle that we're in and the kind of world we want to see. I, I think that's so uh, so accurate and so true. Uh, I also want to bring in Joe, who asked, what is your position on the Independent Greens Party of Virginia asking Michael Bloomberg to seek the nomination for president of the United States on the Green Party ticket? Number one, have you heard about that? And number two, is it actually like what is the difference between the Independent Green Party of Virginia and the Green Party of Virginia? Well, I have not heard about that, uh, so that's something to certainly look into. Thank you, Joe, for sharing that bit of information. I mean, the Green Party of Virginia is the recognized state party uh, that is affiliated to the Green Party of the United States. Now, in different states, how parties may uh, tag on with a name or create another name, uh, you know, that's kind of a state-by-state state thing about what's allowed. But I think it is confusing to people when we hear about that. But I have not heard about an ask of Michael Bloomberg and certainly would be a concern if people are confusing the independent Green Party to what is truly the Green Party um, of Virginia that is part of the Green Party of the United States. And so I do want to just uh, let folks know I did literally just now a quick bit of due diligence. It took a couple of keystrokes uh, on an Internet search engine. By the way, please note that I did not Google something because Google is not a corporate noun. It's not a verb. But my Internet search indicates that there is something called the Independent Greens of Virginia, which are actually not affiliated or with the Green Party of the United States. Is that accurate, Gloria? Yes, that is accurate. It is right. So, so Joe, I appreciate you bringing that question forward. It gives us the opportunity to make it perfectly clear that whatever the independent Green Party of Virginia is doing or the independent Greens of Virginia are doing, we don't have the authority uh, to challenge uh, how they do it. I can tell you this straight up. This Green, David Gobb, who uh, was the lawyer for the National Party, wrote the uh, memo that got us uh, Federal Election Commission recognition status, was the Green Party nominee for president in 2004, managed Jill Stein and uh, John Mubaraka's campaign in 2016. I will do everything possible to make sure that Michael Bloomberg is not the Green Party nominee for president. Uh, I'm wondering, Gloria, how that idea strikes you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It strikes fear uh, in my heart to even think that as a as a possibility. Um, So I'm with you on that, David. But of course, um, it's hard for me to think about who should um, 
uh, I'm excited about to be president of the United States and decides who's going to run in 2020. Well, I tell you this, it does bring it up, though, doesn't it? Because uh, the reality is, I don't know about you, but Michael or Gloria, but I, I get a lot of people who know I'm a Green Party activist and involved in the Green Party asking, quote, who are you going to run as if I have the power to decide who runs or mm-hmm. are like, you know, we're going to anoint somebody. So I'm going to ask, how do each of you handle the question when somebody asks you, who are y'all going to run? Well, first, I just want to leap in and say that I would relish the idea of Michael Bloomberg throwing his hat into the ring for the Green Party <laughs> nomination, because I would love to see him ground into a paste and see him humiliated. <laughs> by a truly grassroots candidate and you know for all his billions of dollars to be useless in the face of a truly grassroots committed green party nomination process uh and i will say that um you know back on the the topic of eco-socialism uh, i think that the 2020 campaign will be an opportunity for there to be a national conversation and a national platform about developing what we mean by eco-socialism when we use that term within the Green Party. And as for the presidential uh, nominating process and what are the most sort of common misunderstandings about the Green Party's presidential nomination process, I will defer to our illustrious guest. (laughs) Gloria Matera, you're the illustrious guest. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, Well, I want to pick up on something you just said, David, is when you say when people ask you, you'll say as if I had the power and I as if I was we were anointing someone. And so I'm going to pull those two apart. I know what you were going for with that, because in the Green Party, we do as rank and file greens in a in a very rigorous, you know, democratic process have the power to select our presidential candidate, which is not like other parties who anoint their candidate. So I think that I love that you gave that lead in for me. And so it is um, a really serious process. Obviously, there are no names uh, out there or that uh, I know of to uh, pass along. But we have um, a national committee called the Presidential Campaign Support Committee made up of uh, Greens uh, selected by their states from around the country. And they have um, an amazing checklist of criteria for someone to even be considered um, officially, uh, you know, running for president, looking, you know, as, as a nominee to be considered that. And, you know, when we look at the Democrats who we hear are lining up donors and meeting with Wall Street, um, it seems the first thing out of the gate you need to do when you're running for the corporate uh, party for the president is see how much big money how many millionaires, um, how many financiers are, are going to get up behind you because that's what it's all about. What we're doing in the Green Party is our potential uh, nominees or potential candidates have to fill out a questionnaire. Um, it's looking at both your your campaign structure, uh, you have a website, um, your, your financial commitment in terms of are you registered with the FEC, getting a treasurer, putting a campaign committee together. Um, obviously, are you a Green Party member or are you green, you know, in the state that you're coming from? Are you a Green Party member? If you can't be registered in a Green Party member, are you not affiliated with the corporate parties? Um, I know 
sometimes people feel like maybe that language could be even a little more specific, but I think it's pretty clear at the moment uh, that you really do need to be committed to the Green Party, um, a member of the Green Party in some way, the state that you're, you reside in, where you're registered to vote in. Um, so there's a lot of criteria uh, to be able to even get to that point, and then kind of the process continues from there uh, and, you know, culminates in obviously states electing their delegates. Um, and so, Gloria, coming to- I, I just want to leap in because I don't want to throw sure. too much at our audience at once. Um, okay. I think that maybe what's surprising or that people don't really think of is that there is a Green Party primary, that there actually is a field of candidates who will seek the Green Party nomination. And so that's one uh, one dynamic to consider. However, I think up, coming up to 2020, because there is so much focus on the presidential race, as pretty much every activist uh, center or to the left of center has been focused on the presidency really since Trump was elected, we are, we are hearing different names. Like, for instance, Jesse Ventura is a name uh, that is you know has come up on Twitter and and that some people have asked me about. That you know he he retweets people like Ajamu Baraka. He he retweets Joel Stein. He retweets the National Party. Uh, have you heard anything from Jesse Ventura in terms of uh, whether he's putting together an exploratory committee or anything like that? I, thanks, Michael. I don't know of any uh, formal approach to the Green Party by Jesse Ventura. Uh, it just sounds like uh, chatter on social media at this point. All right. And we'll keep our ear to the ground as the 2020 field comes together. And actually, that's the one field of candidates that I'm actually positively interested in hearing about, to be honest with you, at this point. Well, and that does actually... Uh, Bring me to ask you very candidly, uh, Gloria, is there anybody that you are aware of who has formed an exploratory committee or something beyond just people hoping and wishing, right? Like, you know, wouldn't it be wonderful if Cornell West or Angela Davis or Susan Chase Sarandon is a name that's appearing in our chat right now. Uh-huh. Sarandon's name appears. Uh, I've seen Vigo Mortensen's name appear. Um so besides people just sort of fantasizing about who would be good and, you know, that's a fun exercise. Yeah, it is fun. It is fun. But, but have you actually heard of anybody forming exploratory committees or otherwise publicly contacting the Green Party presidential campaign support committee? I have not heard that at this time. And that, that committee is really just laying the groundwork and doing outreach and making sure that as wide a net as possible um, is cast. And, but at the same time, making sure that our criteria is very clear for anyone to even consider that. Although I'm sure there will be questionnaires submitted um, who will bring a smile to our faces um, in terms of like not being able to fit in with the green party values without being committed to uh, making sure that you're on your, in every state running on the ballot in every state, um, and, you know, I just want to kind of go back to the money. There's some money criteria also, uh, you know, the Green Party, which is just really speaks to the grassroots democracy um, of, the, of the party in that people have to raise, uh, show a certain amount of money. I think it's $5,000, but um, it really has to show it's from a certain amount of states, uh, not all in, you know, kind of one pot from one person uh, in one place and getting 100 signatures from Greens who support this person as being uh, the potential presidential nominee. Um, and that has to come from a variety of states. So I think what I'm trying to emphasize here is 
the ability uh, always to find how do we engage our enrolled greens? How do we do this in an equitable way? How do we do it um, very different than the corporate parties who we see, um, you know, well, it's all about the money. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because remember, folks, the Green Party will have a presidential nominating convention in 2020. Uh, the site of that location is not known, as Michael O'Neill already mentioned, will have primaries and conventions and other processes where state parties will actually send delegates. But there is going to be an annual meeting this year in 2019 in Massachusetts, July 26 through 28. And I'm going to ask Michael O'Neill to please drop uh, the uh, registration link or information from the national website uh, into the comments section and ask you, Gloria Matera, if somebody were to go, could could a green friendly or green interested person go to the Green Party's annual national meeting and actually learn things about how to get involved in the Green Party, learn things about issues and activities, or is this only for insiders? No, it absolutely um, will be offering and open to people who are interested in finding out about the Green Party. Uh, green friendly, we sometimes call them, uh, you know, green curious, uh, because I, there will be a lot of focus. We're just really beginning that committee, the annual national meeting committee is really just beginning to look at um, how can we balance offering the kinds of skill building that we feel of that or those who want to help on green campaigns from being a treasurer to doing voter ID to canvassing. Uh, also then looking at uh, in a more kind of a deeper look at some of the issues that the party uh, is highlighting. And what I'm really excited about is we just really had a little bit of that at our last um, meeting in 2018 um, in, in Utah, but really making the commitment because we have uh, invested some money in training a number of our, our great party members around the country in doing a much more in-depth anti-oppression workshop because we feel obviously um, we have a wonderful platform, uh, our, our, an anti-oppression, anti-capitalist platform, but there's so much all of us really need to learn and get in touch with ourselves about. And, you know, what what better way to do this together as a, as a group, with a group of grades and a group of people who uh, also kind of commit to those values? Thank you so much, Gloria. Uh, I also, uh, since we're talking about getting involved in the Green Party, I uh, want to let folks know that if you are interested in learning about either your own local or your state party, uh, there is a link on the Green Party's national website uh, for just the calendar where it shows you how you can plug into state and local parties, not all of them. Uh, so I'll ask Michael O'Neill to please make sure to drop that into the calendar. And also, Gloria, you know, we've mentioned elections and you you talked a bit about the importance of local elections. I know that the national party has a coordinated campaign committee. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and what they offer and what they do? Yeah, the coordinated campaign committee, CCC, as we call them, uh, they do regular webinars. There is a webinar coming up uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday, uh, uh, January 15th, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, which is called it's really focusing on how to run for office with a look with a focus on local elections. Uh, so this committee really they offer webinars, other resources for candidates, um, ways that people could learn how to take on train and take on the roles that are so important in a campaign, uh, because we know that it takes 
many, many people from treasurer to volunteer coordinator uh, to campaign manager to really make a successful campaign and build that infrastructure. When somebody wakes up and says, I want to run for office because I have that passion and that drive, there's so many more nuts and bolts that have to go into that. And, and the CCC really offers some support with that. That's fantastic. Now, Gloria, uh, how would one actually get involved in the Coordinated Campaign Committee web- webinar? How do you sign up for it? Do you just go to the National Green Party's website? What do you do? Uh, there's two ways. There's a, a Facebook event um, uh, that you can go in the Green Party of the United States. Um, i not sure. There should be something on the website. I actually sent two links to Michael if he has a possibility of sharing that with others, but definitely go to gp.org. Also our uh, Green Party of the United States Facebook page where you can be able to sign up for that. Yeah, I've posted links to the webinar that's uh, tomorrow night in the chat that's currently pinned and also a link to the CCC in general. And we'll include the links in the notes for the podcast for our listening audience. Great. Thank Thank you. you for doing that, Michael. And for reminding us Uh, Gloria, that uh, there are different ways to get plugged in. And one of the ways to get plugged in uh, actually refers back uh, to the Green Party's Green New Deal, because I know that there is actually a petition now uh, that is uh, being circulated. Uh, Can you tell us about what that Green Party petition uh, called We Are the Green New Deal, what that's all about and why people would want to sign up to it? I think because the Green New Deal has now kind of become a combination of in the in the progressive mainstream and the corporate mainstream, corporate Democrat mainstream, we want to be clear that people know what the real Green New Deal is um, and what that means to the Green Party. So it's a great uh, petition. We are the we are the Green New Deal. You can go to our website, gp.org, classically the Green New Deal and sign up. Uh, and that will also give you an opportunity, information there. Our Green, the, our green New Deal is posted uh, on our website, and you can get a look at that. And so it's really kind of a coming together of saying that what we're talking about in the real Green New Deal is what's really going to be the transformational change that we need. And uh, speaking of the transformational change that we need, and speaking of eco-socialists, the Green Party's Youth Caucus renamed itself the Young Eco-Socialist, or YES, and the YES Greens, or the Young Eco-Socialist Greens, are actually having an involvement fair tonight uh, on the Green Party's uh, uh, national uh, website. And I think that that's something that they can just... uh, get involved in uh, right away. Michael or Gloria, can you say anything more about the Young Eco-Socialist Greens involvement fair? Well, I think they're just having a kind of teleconference version of like a, like a volunteer fair, like you might have on a campus or in a community. And within the, this call, which is going to start at uh, uh, about 9.15 p.m. Eastern time, I think they're just going to run through all the different projects and ways that they have to get involved, different ways of, of working within the caucus. And, and so for anyone who, who wants to slot into one of those interests or projects, uh, this will be a good night to do it. And remember, folks, if you're watching us on uh, Dr. Jill Stein's Facebook page, uh, the Young Eco-Socialist uh, Involvement Fair is actually going to be at the, on the Green Party's uh, Facebook page. So Michael will will post that 
URL into the comments section. And if you're interested in getting involved in or just watching, participating in that Young Eco-Socialist Greens involvement fair, you have to actually go to the Green Party's uh, Facebook page to do that. So, uh, Gloria, as is often the case with you, the time just absolutely flew by. I do want to give you an opportunity for any final thoughts. Oh, thank you, David and Michael. I really appreciate having this opportunity to be with both of you on the show and, and, and talk to Greens and people interested in the, in the Green Party. Uh, I think we covered a lot of ground, and I, I really encourage people to uh, go to our website and not only sign the petition, but there are a lot of different opportunities to see what the Green Party is doing, uh, and we're interested in hearing from you. You know, right now, um, there is a big push to start looking at ballot access around the country. Uh, different states will be already working to get um, space on the ballot for our presidential candidates, and we can use help there. There are a lot of opportunities. We're still speaking up about what's happening at the border. Um, you know, we'll be talking about what's happening with the shutdown, uh, the government. That's something we didn't touch on, but also, um, you know, just a scandalous uh mistreatment of the workers uh, in this country. And so all I can say is I think there's a home for people in the Green Party. Um, learn about the real Green New Deal and, and see what we're up to and tell us what you're interested in at gp.org. Thank you so much, Glory Matera. I want to thank you for coming on as uh, a guest. And remember, Gloria will join us every month uh, on the second Monday. Uh, I want to encourage you also, the viewer, uh, to remember that next month, Michael and I are going to be hosting open lines, which means we'll talk about what you want to talk about. Uh, that's really one of our, our favorite uh, programs. I also want to thank Michael O'Neill for serving as both co-host and producer uh, of this program. But most importantly, I want to thank you, the viewer listener. The reality is that this audience continues to grow. We continue to reach out. Uh, we know the Facebook algorithm is, is working against us, yet we continue to build audience. And the way that we're doing that uh, is by looking at multiple platforms. So I do want to make that final appeal. Please share this link on your own Facebook page or any page you manage. And go to the website, agreenwayforward.org, to sign up so that we can continue to build the network, continue to build the movement. In the meantime, keep on keeping on. Don't quit. Don't give up. Peace. A Green Way Forward is produced by David Cobb and Michael O'Neill. Go to agreenwayforward.org for links to our podcast feed and iTunes subscription, plus more ways to listen. Our live stream is graciously hosted by the official Dr. Jill Stein Facebook page on Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The music for this episode is Keep Sit Real by Player 2, available under a Creative Commons license from the Free Music Archive.